How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Tea for the Queen podcast. The podcast where we try to keep our sanity in an era of staying woke. We explore current events and issues through the lens of feminism, progressive thought, discussion, peace, and love. My name is Tiara Burns. I am your host, and this is your episode. Okay, before we get started, have you ever thought about doing what I'm doing right now, starting your own podcast? Has anyone ever told you that it's complicated and you need a sound engineer or a studio and all this major equipment to do so? Well, you don't need that. All you need is the Anchor app. It's free. They will pair you with sponsors that they find for you. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And let's start the show. Hey guys. So if you're anything like me, I know that you are probably experiencing a lot this year for starters. Let's start off there. And I'm pretty sure that you may have something in your mind that you want to start, something on your heart that you want to begin. And right now, it seems like everyone is starting their own business. Everyone is getting a new LLC. Everyone is doing this, that. They're, you know, going on new journeys, quitting their jobs because, you know, we're at home, right? So what are we going to do other than get on our grind? But, you know... With all the beauty that comes with entrepreneurism, I think it's important for us to, you know, be even kill about it, to have a balance there. So on this episode, we talk about some of the, you know, some of the uglies of entrepreneurism because it's not all roses. And I know that we all may feel pressured to start something new this year at this moment and take advantage of the time that we have. But with this expert, with Sam, I talk about... So many different things with entrepreneurism, whether it's the spiritual journey that you go on or even the um, the the difficult journey that you go on with yourself, your relationship, all of it. It's just it's a beautiful journey and it's not always beautiful, but it's also ugly. And some of that sometimes we need to revel in that as well. So I know you guys will enjoy this episode. I made it especially just for you. So I'm going to stop right here. This is the Tea for the Queen podcast. Tape is rolling now. I'll see you on the other side. Hey, Sam, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Um, Once again, thank you for even hitting me up and, and, you know, agreeing to come on. You're talking about, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, which is entrepreneurism. Um, So in the Black community, you know, uh, well, first, before I, I, sometimes I do that where I like, I'll just jump right in. So you have (laughs) to introduce yourself to the listeners right now. 
Yes. So my name is Samantha Caballero. Everyone calls me Sam. Mm -hmm. um, I am an entrepreneur in the United States. I have two businesses. I run a swim lesson company in South Florida um, where we teach people to swim of all ages from babies as young as six months old to seniors 99 who just want to finally use their backyard pool. Um, and I also provide business consulting to aspiring and new entrepreneurs um, actually started with just doing like how to launch your business and get started and cultivate your brand mm -hmm. and really found my niche of storytelling that I love to teach people how to be better speakers, mm -hmm. how to use their story of their business, because as a small business owner, that's what we have. Our products are not unique. It's mm -hmm. our story that makes us unique. And if we don't know how to leverage our story, we're not going to be able to grow our brand as much as we want to. Wow. Okay. So, so many different things there. So I want, before we start talking about, you know, your consulting and all that, I want to talk about your swimming business because that was very, very interesting to me, um, especially as a black woman. Um, you know, they think we can't swim. I've even heard like from people I know, like our bones are denser or something like that. And then I even found out that um, we like, you know, our ancestors, black, you know, black African slaves or just like black people are the ones who taught white people how to swim. So I just thought it was just interesting <laughs> that, you know, we like we have this whole stereotype put on us. And I love that you're doing this. So like what was the impetus of your swimming, you teaching swimming to people of all ages? Um, it really, I didn't plan to start a swimming business. Mm -hmm. Sometimes entrepreneurship just happens. I feel like that's a story that's very common of this kind of just jumped into it. I've always been swimming since I was six years old. I actually had a, as a baby, I used to have a tremendous phobia of the water, mm -hmm. like screaming, just hearing a faucet turn on. And so when I learned to swim, you know, all of that disappeared in a matter of a few years and you know, swimming became so natural to me. I don't even remember a time when I couldn't swim. Mm -hmm. um, I was actually working a nonprofit a few years ago and thinking that that was the start to my career because that's what I wanted to do for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And after a year and a half, I was fired. Um, yes, girl. <laughs> Tragic. I'm so sorry. Okay. The, and I was like, what am I going to do now? Like, this is what I thought that I wanted to do my entire life. And um, I had to make a choice of, you know, do I just try again and hope that somebody will want me yeah. or do I just go with what I know I can do really well? I mean, I had a skill set. I know how to swim. I've been doing this for years. I've taught many people how to swim, you know, passively, um, just, you know, offering a service like, Hey, I'll do it for free. It really didn't mean anything to me. It, it was so natural. And I recognize as I started to meditate more on what these, the swim lesson business was going to be, because again, it just happened. I remembered a really important moment in my life when I was 10 years old. That's when I taught my first swim lesson, actually. Wow. Um, I taught a six-year-old how to swim. I saw her like in the shallow end, I was doing swim team practice mm -hmm. and she's over there, like the three feet area, holding onto the wall, obviously can't let go or swim. Mm -hmm. And I just swam over to her and just offered my service. Like her mom was there. I said, would you mind if I teach your daughter how to swim? She said, yes. And so every day after swim team practice, I would stay an extra hour at the pool and teach her how to swim. And about two months, she was good enough to actually join swim team with me, which is oh, super wow. exciting. Girl, you're and good. I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't really understand the importance of that moment mm -hmm. until probably like 10 years later, when I realized that there was a black girl who didn't know how to swim, whose parents were allowing her in the water and didn't put any effort to put her into some lessons, right? Oh, so yeah. here's an at-risk child alone, no life vest, 
no support, no parent there with her. Mm-hmm. And she's at risk. And she'll probably grow up her entire life like that. Because obviously her parent didn't know how to swim either. I know, because I remember asking her. Wow. Um, and so when I taught her how to swim, she went from being an at-risk child to being on the swim team and being a, an athlete. Mm-hmm. Like that changed in just two months. And that just changed the trajectory of her life because as I started to really focus in on being a great swim instructor, I recognized that, you know, once you don't learn how to swim as a child, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to learn it as an adult. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that black people drown three to five times more likely than white people. Wow. And the fact that if we don't learn how to swim and our parents don't learn how to swim, our children are probably not going to learn how to swim. Mm-hmm. You know, that it becomes a generational curse at mm-hmm. the end of the day. And the thing is that in South Florida, where I'm from, um, we're surrounded by water. Mm-hmm. We literally, lots of people have pools in their backyard. It's super common. has nothing to do with wealth. It's just normal here. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone goes to the beach. Everyone goes to a pool. There is always an opportunity to go. And mm-hmm. so we are constantly, constantly at risk and no one cares. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy to me that there's a problem that no one is paying attention to. And I don't mean the media. I don't mean everyone else. I mean us. Mm-hmm that we recognize we're a drowning risk and we still have pool parties and we still go to the beach and we still let our kids just splash around knowing they can't swim and say, I'm gonna just watch them. But you can't swim either. So how are we really protecting our children? How are we providing effective skill sets for them to be successful? You Mm -hmm. wanna tell your baby she can grow up and be president, but your baby can't even grow up because Mm -hmm. she drowned at a pool party Mm -hmm. because you were on a phone call and turned around for 60 seconds. Wow. People drown silently. And if they drown and sink to the bottom at six feet, how are you going to get them? Because you're afraid too. Mm -hmm. And I just realized there was just a cycle, like a serious, serious, dangerous cycle in our community. And I thought this has to stop. And so I based my swim company around teaching black and brown people how to swim about normalizing the reality that we do swim for as long as history can go back. We have swam. Mm-hmm. African people swim. Yes. <laughs> if you're raised around water, you can probably swim. There are cave drawings of people swimming. Like mm-hmm. there are stories. There is one particular story of um a slave who actually escaped their owner by swimming away. Wow. And they swam so fast and stayed on the water they couldn't find them. Right. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until um slavery hit the United States that when segregation came about, that they kept us out of pools. And that's when it really started of my grandpa, my grandma remembers when she couldn't be allowed in the pool. She doesn't know how to swim. Mm -hmm. My mom doesn't know how to swim. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if she didn't take me, if my mom didn't see that I had a fear and I just made a choice to be like, let me, let me stop that. Let me just take her to the pool. I wouldn't know how to swim. Mm -hmm. And the hundreds of people I taught how to swim wouldn't know how to swim either. Mm -hmm it's a cycle and it's a choice to break it. And I think, uh, again, it took me 10 years to realize that, but I'm glad that it happened and it brought an amazing opportunity to launch this company. And so that still runs in South Florida. So have you like, have you taught like a parent child combo or even like a, you know, family before, or is it usually just either an adult or a child? So, so um, we do do combos, but not mm-hmm. in the sense of you're thinking like at the same time. So okay. you have like a child lesson because children really need a lot of attention. So we do private, 
So it's like 30 or 45 minutes with the child themselves. And then a parent will definitely do a lesson afterwards. We've done that. We've actually done like a whole family before where it's five lessons back to back. Cause yeah. you got That's husband fun. and wife, <laughs> the baby, the toddler, the two teenagers. Yes. Very fun. That's fantastic. So tell me about your other business for, I love that you have more than one. I love it so much. <laughs> so tell me about your other business and how you even came about with that. So um, the consulting actually mm-hmm. started because of the swimming business. Really? Um, I didn't have a background in business. I never had a desire. I don't have any family that owns a business, mm-hmm. um, but I really just learned from scratch. And I knew that because, you know, this is not my expertise, I really, really sought help. And I think that's mm-hmm. something that a lot of new business owners don't do. They just want to like build from the ground up and be self-made. That's cute. But the reality is <laughs> why work hard and not smart? Yeah. So when I started the swimming, I didn't really focus on being the best swim instructor, the number one swim. It's not really what I want to do. I'm not saying swimming isn't important, but swimming isn't my life goal, Mm -hmm. right? I wanted to learn how to be a great business owner. I wanted to learn how to be a CEO. I wanted to learn how to be, not saying just a boss, but like an employer. I need to know the ins and outs. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Because this is an industry and a lifestyle mm-hmm. I have no concept of. So I want to be fully ingrained. And because I focus on being refined as a business owner to look more experienced, to make sure that, you know, I'm across multiple platforms to diversify my business. People ask me a lot of questions. I had a lot of friends who wanted to start a business or wanted to take, you know, their hobby or their side hustle and legalize it um, and legitimize it they would ask me all the time for help. So I used to tell them, you know, let's go to Starbucks. And, you know, we talked for like two hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, I was doing that for a while. I'm like, you know what? I think I can help some people out. Mm -hmm. Let me, I think I need to start charging for this. I know what I'm talking about at this point. And I think that sometimes as entrepreneurs, because I do social media consulting, sometimes we think that everybody knows this information. Like, yes. No, no. Like, you're just like, I thought you knew. I thought you knew just because you knew. So you take for granted the information that you have. And, you know, it is not, I guess you can say it's not a natural inclination to think, oh, I can make a profit off of this. You know what I mean? Until someone like people keep asking you the same questions. Well, what should I do for this? What should I do for this? And you're just like, I thought everyone knew this information, (laughs) but they do not. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, that's amazing that you, um, that you did that. So when you started this, like, what were some of the hurdles that you faced just like after you realized, okay, I can make a business out of this. What were some of the hurdles that you encountered? Um, Imposter syndrome was probably number one Mm -hmm. uh, of thinking, who am I to tell people how to start a business if I decided a business two years ago? Mm -hmm. But the reality is I'm thinking of like how to get them. I'm thinking of business consultants or coaches who say, I'm going to make you six figures and I'm going to teach you how to scale your business. There's a lot that has to happen before we get there. 
Mm-hmm. And I realize my niche and my, and I'll, I never teach anything that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like I only teach based off of experience, which is wisdom. I don't like just giving information because I can't vouch for that. So I recognize my niche was in getting people from zero to one. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a lot in that zero to one, right? Mm-hmm. There's a difference between not starting and actually starting with something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so imposter syndrome definitely got me. I'm like, I don't have no kind of experience to be teaching these people anything, but I'm two years in the game and that I was a full-time entrepreneur. I hadn't, I haven't worked a job since 2018. Wow. Um, and that's something to be proud of. So thank <laughs> So I feel as though I do have something to teach. And I feel like my second one was when I found my niche of recognizing what services that I specifically want to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, because I tell people all the time, even my own consultations of, you have to get as specific as you can. You mm-hmm. can't just say you offer this. It's like, no, I offer this mm-hmm. exact thing. Yes. And that makes a difference when people want to work with you. That makes a difference. And it makes it a lot easier when people call because you know exactly what they're calling for. Mm-hmm. And it makes it a lot easier to sell. It makes it a lot easier to tell your story. And you feel more confident in really figuring out my niche and my exact product mm-hmm. helped to defeat my imposter syndrome and helped me to feel more confident in my own business. So when you encountered those hurdles and the imposter syndrome, I know I've experienced that, experienced that before because I've been podcasting for four years. So I, you know, I told myself, you know, I kind of know what I'm talking about. I can I've actually help people. Now I decided to write a book this year blame it on I wrote a book this year about it but I know that for me it was a matter of you know owning my expertise so like how did you you know how did you pass that hurdle of okay I'm not an imposter like what is the exact thing that you did that you know got you over that that minor hump does that make sense I have it does Mm -hmm. I have a tribe so when I started uh my entrepreneurial journey my tribe actually isn't my friends. They're not the friends that I've had for years. They're yeah. purposely positioned in my life to help me excel. They are experts. Mm-hmm. They are just amazing people who not only have skill sets and the way I acquire them, I actually pay for their services and then built relationships we had for. And it's like, boom, we're found. That's okay. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's really what it took. Mm-hmm. And now they're in a place where not only have they been in my position 10, 15 years ago, but they have the resources to help me and they know the right thing to say. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just need to hear the right thing because imposter syndrome to me feels like someone else is talking to me and telling me about myself mm-hmm. and telling me what I'm not. When you need the right people in your tribe to tell you who you are mm-hmm. and remind you who you are. And uh, one person in particular reminded me that, you know, there's a mission and an assignment that was placed on me. Mm-hmm. And it's not about me feeling as though I'm good enough. It's about me falling back on my assignment that was given because I'm somebody's boss. So, I, you know, and I think about like how the Lord places assignments on people and positions you with a gift mm-hmm. to complete your assignment. And I know I have a gift yes. and it's like, use your gift. It's not about you. It's about who you're helping. And when I think about the people who need to hear things sometimes, Mm -hmm. I try to get as small as I can. Um, You know, like when you have something on your face or you have something in your hair and no one tells you, and then there's that one person, (laughs) and then there's that one person who's like, hey, you got a little something. I'm like, thank you, because no one has said anything all, if you could just be that one person Mm -hmm. that makes a difference, you can literally change someone's outlook on life Mm -hmm. and their position in their finances 
in their happiness, their mental health, in their generational wealth. And that's all I want to do. And one thing I've noticed about like the relationships that you have, you know, how you built the tribe is that I like that you said it's not always, you know, your closest friends. It's probably like for me, it's people I've met in the past two years who have been, you know, my greatest, you know, champions. And then some, some of course, who've been there for me um, my entire life. But I think it's important to be in contact with those who are about their business and they keep you about their business. I have a friend, we talk maybe once, twice a month and she goes, oh, how's how's the business going? And that's what we talk about. almost the whole time and sometimes you know as entrepreneurs we need that especially as black women so speaking of black women yeah speaking of black women (laughs) you know that you know that we're like the largest growing group of entrepreneurs in America which I I think is fantastic um and I love that about us we're like you know we're pretty awesome um so do you um how do I say this do you think that there are specific challenges that, you know, we face as Black black women um, being entrepreneurs that, you know, are unique to us. And how would someone, you know, get over that? Um, I think definitely mm-hmm. our unique issue, part of it stems from the fact how society sees us. Mm-hmm. So my mom always told me that people will always act like they don't see you, mm-hmm. right? So she said, Sam, you're a black woman. You're, she said, you're black, you're female and you're small. She's like, people are always going to try to walk on top of you. They're always going to try to stand in front of you. They're always going to do something to you. Right. And so there's like a constant attack on us in every kind of macro and micro way, as insignificant as you feel, it's still an attack. Right. Mm -hmm. The reality is that our, for me, our problem that I've realized in myself, um, is that we have a voice. Like we are, they always, the stigma that black women are loud or are boisterous, but our voice positions us Mm -hmm. to be in the right place. Our voice positions us um, as authority figures Mm -hmm. and as ways to really fight against the attack. So I feel as though whether we're attacked by fellow black women, whether attacked by black men or Mm -hmm. non-black people, the reality is, is that the camaraderie in the black community in the camaraderie in the black female space means that black women have to always use their voice. Mm-hmm. You have to be not only just well-spoken and I'm not talking about grammar, mm-hmm. but being able to express yourself Yeah. because when you hold back, we have too much, too much black girl magic than back. Like if you're not speaking about your gift, if you're not defending someone, if you're not saying what's on your mind, you really are doing an injustice to us. Because all we need is one Black woman to say something, mm-hmm. one Black woman to vouch for us, and it changes everything. So I feel as though, honestly, are we our biggest problem? Not our biggest problem, but do, or do we have our own solution that we're just not using? You know, are we not teaching other Black women to speak up? Are we not... Um, positioning other black women to feel confident and to feel like they have a support system where they can use their voice. Are we not giving them opportunities to practice um, speaking? Like I'm a big, I'm a big speaker. I've always spoke, but I recognize that when I use my voice, opportunity came to me. And when I use my voice, like people don't shut me down. The louder that I talk, Mm -hmm. the more that I shut them up. Like when Kamala, listen, when Kamala said I'm speaking, I felt that. Mm-hmm. I felt that. Yeah. And that was her 
power mm-hmm. that people are always going to shut us down but you can do one thing the one thing that we were naturally given right is to just open our mouth yep but they teach us to shut it but you have to open it back up and do it regularly every day to everyone because when they see you as a powerful mm-hmm. well-spoken black woman that's dangerous yeah it carries weight yes i, I heard a quote one time mm-hmm. um I believe it said something about like a well-spoken black woman mm-hmm. like makes insecure males flaccid. I like and, it. And it's true. Mm-hmm. Like when we speak, the atmosphere shifts and yeah. that's powerful. Like people pay attention. You just got to learn to talk. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And it's something natural that they can't, they can't take everything away from you, but you can always speak. You can always speak. Absolutely. That's very true. I love that you said that, um, you know, it makes, you know, powerful men flaccid because I, I think that's truth. Um, I've been in rooms before where, you know, I'm, you know, I'll sit back and listen and I'm the type of person, I'm a true Virgo. I'll sit back and I'll listen, I'll observe. And then <laughs> out of nowhere, I'm like, excuse me. And then I'll just say there something you go. and it will just put yes. everything, <laughs> put all yep. the nonsense to rest in that. Yep. I just, I don't know. I love that about us. And even the thing is that sometimes we don't even know that we're doing it. It's just, yeah. it just is what it, it just is what it is. It's like you said, it's too much magic. You know, it's hard to contain. So um, what are some of the ugly, ugly things about being an entrepreneur? Some of the things that you may have even had to share with your clients. Girl, I talk about this every Wednesday. Okay. <laughs> I have a live that I do every Wednesday on my personal um, Instagram page mm-hmm. um, where it's called date night. And it's like, it's an intimate conversation piece where we literally do that thing. We talk about really the hardships of entrepreneurship that no one tells you, yeah. you know, but it's those secret things that are imperative that make you decide, are you going to make it or break it? You know, um, for me, I think there is a huge emotional part mm-hmm. of being an entrepreneur about I felt like I was trapped low-key um that I was finessed and that I was trapped oh sorry about that money how powerful is the Cox network so powerful that one day the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away connecting to remote operating room giving a whole new meaning to the term house call operation complete the Cox Network, with gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. <sighs> we did it. I still can't believe we got this project done so fast and so well. When I'm in New York. I'm in Chicago. And I'm in L.A. But. We're making it happen in Miro. Together. Our best work just happens faster on Miro's collaborative online whiteboard. No more scheduling meeting after meeting for work that could happen from anywhere. Whether it's getting design feedback here, mapping timelines here, or brainstorming next steps here. It all just happens on the Miro board. Exactly. And it's nice not having to wait an entire day to get sign-off from this guy. Hey! Well, it is true. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. 
Get on board at Miro.com. The first three boards are free forever. That's M I R O.com. Oh, okay. I'm like, what happened? Girl, someone tried to, don't be calling me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like I was trapped mm-hmm. and they didn't tell me how much I was going to cry. Mm. Like, they didn't tell me that being a business owner means you have like this microscope mm-hmm. on yourself yeah. and all of your insecurities and all of your problems, all like <laughs> the things you don't like about yourself or all the things you're bad at that you put in the closet, you got to open it up in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, that maybe you don't feel confident in the way you look and you don't want to be on camera. Ugh. You're busy. Ma- I'm blank. Girl. <laughs> The devil is working, (laughs) but you know, maybe you feel insecure about yourself and you don't want to be on camera, but guess what? As an entrepreneur, you have to make content regularly. You have to talk. You have to be authentic. Maybe you're an introvert. Well, now you're going to be an extrovert. Mm. You know, maybe you have issues with, uh, maybe you have anxiety and speech anxiety and being around a lot of people because in this social media age, anyone can see you. You've had trauma as a child or trauma with your family, but guess what? It's going to be out there. Every word that you say, it's out there. And that's scary. Mm-hmm. And they don't tell you how to emotionally process these things. They don't tell you how to emotionally process fear. They don't tell you how to emotionally there's all kinds of solutions that they provide, right? Mm-hmm. For like being broke, for struggling, for wanting to build your brand. But where's the emotional part? Yeah. Well, I feel like a failure. Where's the emotional part? Where's the emotional intelligence that I can use? Where are the resources? Who's the person that I can talk to when I'm crying? Because I'm like, I think I'm stupid. Like, this was so bad. I made a big mistake. This happened to me. Who's helping me, picking me up off the floor when I'm scream crying, right? Like, who is checking on me and asking after a week, that I've cried every single day to say the right thing so I can stop crying. Like, I just never knew I would cry this much and for this long, like, and cry about the same problems because entrepreneurship is like, it's like the stairway to heaven where you can see all the steps in the clouds. You never see the top of the stairs, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. the more you keep walking, it's just more steps. And that's your faith walk. Like your faith walk is just step after step. There's no end to the steps. You can't really go down. You just have Mm -hmm. to keep walking. And there's no rails. You feel like you're going to fall. You won't, but you're always going to feel like you're going to fall. You will never see the top, but you can never go backwards. Wow. That's That's scary. Yeah, very scary. And there's no one there but you. Mm. And that is wow. an experience I wasn't prepared for. And not going to lie, it probably took me like two years to rec- to develop coping mechanisms to deal with that. Mm. Because I was calling the wrong people when I was crying. Mm. I was, you know, crying and then giving up on my days. I would ignore clients because I'm not emotionally prepared to talk to them. I, I can't hear a problem. I can't, I, I would not answer like, correspondence to my employees because I am just so emotionally overwhelmed Mm -hmm. I can't be a boss right now I can't be a business owner right now I can't I can't post content and they didn't tell me how to deal emotionally with my problems so that my business wouldn't be hurt Mm -hmm. they just say just keep working just keep working what sounds like slavery Mm -hmm. and it feels like slavery like you are your own employee you are like a slave to yourself And you feel, and even though there's no one there to hold you accountable, 
you always know that you're messing up. You always know you're not working hard enough. Mm -hmm. That is a feeling that doesn't go away. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't tell you how to deal with that. Yeah. And you have to find your own way, which is also hard. Mm -hmm. You have to find a way to balance. I know for me, sometimes I have in the back of my head, you know, oh, this guilt that sets in, you're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. Okay. You slept a full eight hours. Why did you sleep eight hours? You should have just slept six and got up the extra two hours so that you could get this done. Make sure you email this person. This email was late. What were you doing? Your assistant, you got to talk to your assistant. It's just all of it. And it's just like, I have to like constantly, I'm not sure if you've seen on the show. I have to, the guided meditations are for myself and for the listeners <laughs> I do guided yes. meditations and you, I have to like pray and make sure that I'm like centered because if I don't like I'm going to hit a wall of either keep going or come you know or fall like you said fall down the stairs you yeah. know what I mean or just sit on the and stairs you know, <laughs> and you know it's so funny people believe like our target audience, our community, they believe that a lot of the things that we produce mm-hmm. are for them, but they're really for us. Mm-hmm. Like this, this weekly series that I do, people think it's about like teaching and helping them. Like, yeah, it kind of is, mm-hmm. but it's a great venting opportunity for me to mm-hmm. not feel responsible for once. Mm-hmm. Oh Lord. <laughs> to not feel responsible for once, to mm-hmm. feel like I can just talk and complain Mm. And my complaining is relevant so that my voice can be heard. So I don't have to just talk to myself that someone is empathizing with me, even though they probably have no idea what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. nice to just have that little bit of self-care every single week. That's fantastic. I like that you said that that's um with me. Sometimes I tell myself, okay, would I listen to this? Would I do this? You know, um, in podcasting, they say that you have to have an avatar listener, I'm the first avatar that I created in my mind. Like it's yeah. for me first. Um, and I love bringing, you know, people who are like-minded with me. So, you know, I mentioned like where you hit a wall or you, you know, hit a wall, sit there or you go back or keep going. When did you get to that point? Have you gotten to that point? Yeah. Um, actually earlier this year, even before, before coronavirus started, mm-hmm. um, I felt like I had hit a wall mm. um, probably in the, the end of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I was struggling in my business, partly financially because it was the winter time in Florida. Not that Florida gets very cold, but enough to where people don't want to swim. Mm. And, you know, it was a, it was a hard time financially. And I was also having like, not mental health issues, but I was, I didn't feel like myself. I didn't feel happy in my business anymore because I recognized that I was putting so much into something that I knew like, is not my forever? Mm. And I wasn't investing enough into what Sam actually wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know, that I was focusing on, I felt again, like that slave concept, like a slave to my business and I can't do anything else but this. Mm. And I had to remember, I'm like, no. This doesn't have to be my forever. The whole point of entrepreneurship is about freedom. And again, I believe we romanticize entrepreneurship to believe that freedom is me doing whatever I want to do. And I have the opportunity to do it. Mm. Not necessarily true. Yeah, I feel like freedom and entrepreneurship is the opportunity to explore and experiment. Mm. 
experiment to see what works and what does not work. Does not work. And I recognize swim with Sam is great. My swimming company is great, but it is not for me. It does not work for me to do for the rest of my life that I have other passions. Mm-hmm. And what I recognize that the mental stress that I was feeling was not just about money, but it wasn't about, per- it was about personal desire. Mm-hmm. I realized I had to pivot and it took me a couple months to figure that out. Like, why am I not happy? Why aren't things working? Why, why do I not want to do this anymore? You know, I know the business model still works, but I just don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like I was at a, a, a wall mm-hmm. of like, either I just keep hitting this wall every day and nothing gets better or I have to make a change. And I made a couple of changes. Actually, I decided to uh, stop swimming mm-hmm. and um just have instructors that swam for me. Mm -hmm. And I decided to move outside of South Florida because I recognize if I say I want to stop swimming, but I'm always, I'm always in the place where I have the option to do the swimming. And I know that I love and I love my clients. Mm -hmm. I'll never stick to it. I have to leave. Um, So I moved out of South Florida. I changed my business model a bit. And then I decided that if this was not going to be my day to day, what do you want to do, Sam? What do you actually love to do? What is your mission and purpose in life? And how do we get back to that? Right. And that's when I started doing the consulting. Wow. And I just started to create a new business, mm-hmm. um, something that sat a little bit more in my mission and purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's really like the foundation for what I want to do, which is to educate and motivate um, millennials and people who want to have the resources and tools to be successful in their life. And that medium for me is through mindset, motivation, and entrepreneurship. Wow. I think, um, I think that it's great that your swimming class is kind of translated to that because you're doing with teaching swimming, you're teaching a lot of empowerment. And I think that you're doing the same thing this way. Um, yeah. Yeah. so beautiful. <laughs> so, so tell me, so tell me if when, you know, when the listeners, they come to your page and they want to come on onto your date night. Um, it's, I keep thinking that it's Wednesday. I was about to say, I hope I'm not cutting into your date. <laughs> it's Tuesday. I keep forgetting the days of the week this year. Um, what can they expect? Yeah. So every Wednesday on my Instagram page, uh, when you hop on a date night, there's always a different topic. Yeah. Um, sometimes we're talking about like money. Sometimes we're talking about like breakups. Sometimes we're talking about mm-hmm. um, like building your brands, mm-hmm. but it's not, this isn't a class. Mm-hmm. This is an conversation conversation piece, mm-hmm. but it's very introspective. This is a venting space. This is where you're hearing it. Like it's real. It's raw. I don't really hold back because mm-hmm. I can't, like, I need you to know the ins and the outs because mm-hmm. Again, don't romanticize entrepreneurship. This is just to talk about the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. This is just to talk about the things you have questions about, the things that you're confused about, the struggles that we go through. And at the end, I'm always yelling. Like, <laughs> I'm always yelling um, because I get really passionate about our topics. I really get passionate because um, I've been a teacher for so many years, not just with the swim lessons, but an actual teacher. Wow. And I know how to translate a problem and an issue into a learning lesson. Mm -hmm. And so there is always a learning lesson. There was always something to gain. There was a mindset shift that we do in date night. So how it starts and how it ends are very, very different. Mm -hmm. Um, And it always goes back into like, it's your choice that you make. Like Mm -hmm. your life is your choice. 
and the outcomes that you get are your choice, but it's about how you manage yourself because a lot of the stressors and problems that I talk about um, on date night, I can respond to them in many different ways, mm-hmm. but I utilize my emotional intelligence to make the choice that most benefits me. So the question is, what kind of choice are you going to make, whether you're in this journey or not? Okay. It gets really intense. <laughs> now you mentioned something, you talked about relationships. So, um, I found that, well, before we talk about that, I want to talk about how entrepreneurism is romanticized. So why do you think people romanticize? I think that um, in 2020, it has been romanticized even more. Um, I swear, when I tell you every time I'm on my uh, social media feed, doesn't matter what, it could be TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, anything. It's a brand new class that somebody wants me to sign up for that's going to change their life. Like like the Forex people are always uh, in my inbox trying to get me to invest. So why do you think that entrepreneurism has been, um, has been romanticized? Um, again, we give this idea of like freedom mm-hmm. and we associate, this is the thing me personally, we mm-hmm. associate entrepreneurship with wealth. Yes. The two don't necessarily coincide. It's not a cause and effect. Mm-hmm. They can intersect, but they don't have to. Having a job can also make you wealthy. Yes. Going to college can also make you wealthy. Just because you're an entrepreneur doesn't mean you're going to be wealthy. Mm-hmm. And everyone's definition of wealth and success is different. There is too much content out there that talks about you're going to be the first millionaire in your family. You're going to be the first billionaire in your, in your family. Your business is going to make a million dollars. Girl. No, no, it's not. <laughs> and it's something you don't have to make. Not everyone has to make a million dollars. And that's the thing. Because Black people have such a history of not making money mm-hmm. that we associate wealth with millions. Yeah. That we don't know how much money actually keeps us comfortable. Mm-hmm. And that's all that we need. There was a whole documentary. I believe it's either called Happy or Happiness that discusses the relationship between happiness and money. And that when you reach a certain amount of money, and this is not a million dollars, your happiness scale does not increase because everything is taken care of in your life. You are content, your bills are paid, you can vacation and take care of your family. That's all that we need. I'm gonna tell you right now, if I made $250,000 after taxes, straight, I don't make a million dollars because I know that my happiness scale doesn't increase my problems will. <laughs> and so I believe that we, we make people think that being an entrepreneur will make them a millionaire. When the reality is being an entrepreneur just gives you an alternative. Mm-hmm. It is still a matter of how do you, um, how are you curating more skill sets? How are you networking and really building and working twice as long, twice as hard for less money for a very long time, making less money than you can be making doing something else. Yeah. And they don't tell you that as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, we see it as a way out. We see it as freedom, but freedom does not equate to wealth all the time. Freedom can just be your mindset. It can just be the stress of other people. Mm-hmm. But the reality is it, is, it is a field that we love to talk about, but we know we don't know much about. And kids say, I'm gonna just be an entrepreneur. I'm gonna just be an entrepreneur. I'm like, I'm gonna need you to pay your bills. Mm-hmm. Please pay your bills. Pay your bills. That's important because your credit score is important. Very important. One Come thing on. I always bring up to people is um, 
one company that I think about a lot when it comes when it comes to like wealth and like you know a lot of money is Uber. Uber has never made a profit, an annual profit in no. its entire existence. So that means that this major company, which is expanding worldwide every single year has never made a profit. So I think mm-hmm. sometimes you think that as entrepreneurs, you're always gonna be, you're always gonna, I think it's called in um, in the black, you don't go into the red, but there's gonna be times when you, you are in the red and that's the reality. But I wanted to talk about relationships. Do you think that the relationships that we have as far as our partnerships, whether it's a spouse or just, you know, I guess your boyfriend, girlfriend, whomever you, you live with, you know, the, do you think that romantic relationships have a play in how um, people conduct their entrepreneurial endeavors? Oh, 100%. I'm going to tell you something right now. When I broke up with my boyfriend in 2018, Girl. the mental pitfall <laughs> I fell into, how mm-hmm. I canceled swim lessons that week as I broke up with him on a Friday. I canceled some lessons for the whole weekend. I was like, I need to go to church. I need to build myself. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Any kind of stress that you have with people that you care about Mm -hmm. are going to take place. They're going to hold up space in your brain. And you think that you need 100% of your brain to focus on your business and they've taken up 50. Mm. How am I expected to focus on my work? Especially if you live, if they're your spouse and you live with them, if you still live at home and you're, you know, in a rut with your family members, if God forbid your friend is your business partner mm-hmm. and y'all have a, a spat in your friendships, how does your business still run? Wow. Everything intersects. And I think it, we definitely have to make a decision when you run a business and you are all in mm-hmm. about analyzing the kind of relationships you have with your friends, with your family and with your significant other, mm-hmm. because everything is going to intersect your business, whether you think it's related or not. It is. So if that relationship is not 100% steady, you should probably let that person go. If that friend is not truly, truly building you and you don't see them like as a support system when you're sad, you should probably let that friend go. If that family member really bugs you and makes you feel insecure, you should probably see them less Mm. because it's all going to affect how you make content, how you make content, how you interact with your customers, how confident you feel. Because when I feel good, I work better. When I'm around people who make me feel positive, I produce more. Mm -hmm. When I'm around people who bring up my personality and I feel so free to talk, Mm -hmm. I just say things and these ideas come out like, wow, that was really good. And I start writing them down. But if I don't have people fostering those reactions from me, Mm -hmm. and again, you have to have the enough self-awareness to identify Mm -hmm. how these people are causing you to react. If they're not giving you the reactions that foster growth in your business, you got to cut them loose or at least spend less time with them because you're taking away from your business because then you have to work twice as hard Mm -hmm. by yourself to come with ideas and make them for the time that you wasted when you really should be growing a lot easier with people around you. That's Mm -hmm. what a team is for. That's what support is for. Yeah. Support should equate to growth. If it doesn't, they got to go. I love that. You pretty cutthroat with it. I love <laughs> it. They got to yes. go, period. That's it's it. No it's no point. I can't waste no time. Mm-hmm. I can't oh. be broke. No. That's what mom told me a long time ago. <laughs> can't be broke. I love that too. I think that's very true. I had, I've had to deal with that. Like, okay, this relationship is like, it's because it was so, there was so much turmoil. They wanted literally 68 0.92% of my time I only had 30% for my business and to take care of myself okay 
something just has to pull here because it's just not making sense Mm -hmm. so I agree with you call it cutthroat it is what it is but I feel that (laughs) someone if someone understands and they really care about you it's not going to be an issue you know what I mean um exactly if it is issue you should let it go let it go let it go (laughs) (laughs) but Sam that's actually all the questions I have for you are there is there anything that you want the listeners to know how they can get in touch with you I know you have your date and I let us know what time that is and that's tomorrow tomorrow Wednesday Yes. So you guys can always get in contact with me on Instagram. My personal Instagram is push underscore Sammy, S-A-M-M-Y. And then my business Instagram is startup with Sam. On my personal Instagram is where every Wednesday night we're doing an IG live talking about some type of problem in entrepreneurship that you don't know about and that you will never hear about that you need to know. So please come. It's 8 p.m. every single Wednesday. We're on for like somewhere between maybe 30 minutes to 45 minutes, sometimes an hour if I'm really, really feeling it and I'm yelling a lot. Um, (laughs) I'm always dropping tips. I'm dropping freebies. My business page started with Sam. Um, I definitely drop a lot of like speaking tips, a lot of ways for you to cultivate your brand. You can always set up a free call to discuss your business, a business idea or how you can cultivate your brand. I offer one-on-one consulting for people that want to launch a business. I also offer storytelling coaching for entrepreneurs who want to become better speakers Mm -hmm. and learn to utilize their brand to scale their business. Um, I offer like brand audits to, for me to analyze your social media content. How can you thrive on social media and soon coming out with some online courses to teach you how to monetize your skill sets? Because a lot of entrepreneurs, whether we're solopreneurs or not, there are so many ways to create monetization opportunities besides our singular product and service that we offer. So I want to help entrepreneurs make more money to diversify their products and their services and to be multifaceted because you deserve to make more money. So you can (laughs) always reach out to me there, DM me, um, ask me a question. My website is and everything, all of my services, my YouTube page, as you can um, view all of their previous date nights and any videos that come out. It's all on my link tree and I'm really looking forward to anyone that's listening to reaching out because there's a lot to learn. There's so much that's out there in business that you don't know about. And let me tell you, they are hiding information from you. Mm-hmm. They are lying to you and finessing. Like, mm-hmm. They don't want you to know. <laughs> they don't want you to know, like, but I want you to know because I want you to make clear, decisive decisions about your life because that's what this is. We're talking about your life, the life of your children, your husband, your family. We're talking about creating generational wealth. Mm -hmm. And that starts with a very, very strong foundation. Yes, we have to fail forward, but maybe you can fail a little bit less Mm -hmm. and and gain a little bit more happiness and cry a little bit less than I did so that you can be successful in your business. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Sammy. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for letting me be on. I appreciate you. No problem. And uh, here, I'm going to stop the recording. Hey everyone, I know that you really enjoyed that episode. I really had such a good time talking to Sam. We had, I don't know if you guys could tell, but we have a, we had a blast. If you can't tell, it's going to be up on the YouTube channel. Check it out there. Tea for the Clean podcast on YouTube. Um, if you want to get in touch with Sammy, 
you can reach her at Startup with Sam on all of the social media platforms. Um, if not, if you can't find her there, you can go to push underscore Sammy. And that's on Instagram. That's where you will be able to catch her date nights. If you can't find her through any of those type of avenues, feel free to hit us up on the show. You can email us at contact tforthequeen at gmail.com. Again, I know I paused there. It is contact tforthequeen at gmail.com. I really hope you guys get in touch with her. She is a fantastic expert and the girl, she knows her stuff. Okay. She really does. Um, I know that Thanksgiving is coming up. I'm, I am. I'm not digressing. I'm just moving on. But I know that um, Thanksgiving is coming up. I will be having a sale in the store and some new items to come out. I want you guys to check those out. If you can't find the store, feel free to hit me up. Um, it's on, you know, I'll just put the link in the bio. But even if not, I will let you know myself personally. Um, also, there is also the Patreon. You can check me out on the Patreon Um there's some great exclusive features that go on there above all else i hope that you guys have a fantastic fantastic week this has been the tea for the queen podcast um you might be listening to me on peculiar but you know that's cool this is both of them um thank you so much for listening i hope that you stay woke stay well and stay thriving peace oh and happy thanksgiving happy thanksgiving How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. We did it. I still can't believe we got this project done so fast and so well. When I'm in New York. I'm in Chicago. And I'm in L.A. But we're making it happen in Miro. Together. Our best work just happens faster on Miro's collaborative online whiteboard. No more scheduling meeting after meeting for work that could happen from anywhere. Whether it's getting design feedback here. Mapping timelines here or brainstorming next steps here. It all just happens on the Miro board. Exactly. And it's nice not having to wait an entire day to get sign-off from this guy. Hey! Well, it is true. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com. The first three boards are free forever. That's M-I-R-O.com.